matching today. We were vibing it. We didn't even know. What are we the chances? <laughs> I mean, I know we both. Hey. We look great. Look at us. We have our matching of the publishing persuasion merch on today. That's so true. For our listeners who are not watching, because I, I do tend to forget, like I'm trying to remember lately that people are just listening. Angela and I have just popped on with no prior, no prior communication. We are both wearing our one of a kind, two of a kind of the Publishing Persuasion t-shirt, which you can join us. There's They're in our merch store if you want to join us in the wave of fashion sweeping the nation. I can't believe yes. that. Yes. I know. If you too would like our faces on your b- bosoms, uh, go to our merch store now. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome everybody to Of the Publishing Persuasion. I'm going to hop right into this. I'm Angela Montoya, author of Sinner's Isle that comes out on Halloween of 2023. And I am here with the breath of fresh air that is the Australian queen, Melanie Schubert. Melanie, how are you today? I am, I'm grand. I'm grand. I, I slipped in a thousand ish words this morning on my draft. So as I mentioned previously in our DMs, you better not think you're safe being at 30k or wherever it is you cheated your way to in your draft. (laughs) Because now that I've found my groove again, I'm coming for you. It's just like, honestly, such a relief to me finding my groove with this project again. Like, Melanie got her groove back. Okay, well, this is the encouragement I needed. I've taken a few days. You know, I wanted to give you a chance, you know, to just to catch up. I just by the, the grace, the goodness of my heart, I thought, you know, let Melanie have a chance for once. <laughs> give her. <laughs> you felt give sorry for me. Chance. You felt sorry for <laughs> yeah. me because I slid into your DMs the other day and I was like, I don't even know if I can write this book anymore. <laughs> Having like a full. <laughs> no, but I did. I had like a full crisis over this book. And I actually, it kind of struck me the other day. Like, I think I lost my voice with this book when I started. Mm getting too deep into some of the themes, like it's kind of something random that made me realize it. Cause yeah, like when I started writing it, like I never go on with a project unless I'm like, I can't breathe until I get words down kind of feeling. I think we're the same like that. We want to be writing the thing that sets us on fire, even if like, and for us, this is the thing for us that can be like the like cheesiest, goofiest thing. Right. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, like so what what like encouraged you or urged you to continue on when you weren't feeling ablaze inside the innards? Well, initially, like I honestly at one thought at one point I thought I was gonna put it down. And then I kept trying to like catch my breath with it again. I kept trying to go. And honestly, it just wasn't happening. And then the other day I saw this anime on Netflix oh. and it just I was like, oh, I have to watch it. And I, what was it called again? Um, Drifting Home. Just a oh, little anime movie. Yeah. Major Ghibli feels, but a bit darker than, well, I mean, Ghibli goes there sometimes, but 
I gobbled it up. I was like in tears so many times, just like moved by how much I felt that work. And the next morning I woke up and I like, I don't know how much of this I'll share. I'll probably leave it all in. You already know some of it, but like I realized in the morning it had been a long time since I had watched anime, like Mm. properly. And I was like, why? Like anime for the record used to be at one point all I watched. Like I didn't like Western TV at all. Like anime just felt so much more kind of like, you know, when you find K-drama, but anime is its own beast. And you're just like, this is just so much better than what I've been watching. It feels so like at one point anime was all I watched. And like, I actually realized quite to my surprise that I haven't properly watched anime since Pitch Wars. Wow. Yeah. It took me by surprise when I realized because I used to watch it so hardcore and I honestly have a feeling that like my mentor was super into anime. And like for me, as you know, this, you know, like Pitch Wars for me was like not the glorious bow tied uh career plunging event that it can be, right? And and that happens, you know, like, but like yeah. man, I nose dove with pitch wars like realistically career wise and like yeah like it just so happens that my mentor is a major fan of anime and I think I've unconsciously like completely unaware to me been avoiding it because it brings up trauma because like realistically pitch wars was my own like thinking about it now and like look not to slash my mentor I think she did the best she could with the tools she had and like you know her version of things might have been the perfect version for someone else but for me like looking back even like you know we were meant to get those edit letters and she verbalized it to me over like a four-hour zoom call looking back knowing now how neurospicy my brain is that was literally like you could not concoct a more perfect hell for a brain like mine like the next minute it was gone for my brain and I'm sure she thought she was like nurturing me and like giving me extra help but yeah, like I think that like, and let's not forget how badly I flunked the showcase. <laughs> like, let's not forget. And I think that it was triggering me. And I think I've been subconsciously mm-hmm. avoiding anime because of all the Pitch Wars trauma it brings up. Obviously, I found you girls and like I made Pitch Wars my bitch. Like I, I made the sunshine out of that experience. But yeah, <laughs> the actual event itself was a bit traumatic <laughs> for me. <laughs> Real talk. But yeah, so I watched this anime and like I was kind of like crying about it for days after because I was like, this is what's been missing. Like Uh anime has this balance of storytelling that I so love and I so strive to like emanate in my work and it's been missing that. Like I went too far with the deconstruction themes for me. I went too far with like the kind of darker notes, which – I like to have that there, but let's be honest, when you one day think of a Melanie Schubert, you're not going to think gritty and dark and like whatever. (laughs) I want, that's what I realized. I like, I remembered that for me, the heart and soul of my storytelling is like cheesy, magical, surprising. And yes, there's those dark notes. I want to hit those dark notes, but directly after the dark notes, I want to be laughing about death. I want to be laughing yes. about her face just got peeled off. 
whatever it is. I just my Pitchwars book had like a dark scene where she like ate these night fairies and she didn't know. <laughs> and yes, <laughs> like there's some messed up shit in anime, but there's also yeah. this like purity. There's also this like deep, like that in the movie I watched. They're like in this old apartment block that like takes off into like a in-between place in between like here and the afterlife and I was just like of course they are of course yes. they are so I just honestly like have gone from being in like complete and utter turmoil and questioning if I even want to write a few weeks ago to feeling now again like this is it like this is my voice this is how I write and anime kind of just remind it's like an anchor that holds me where I want to be so sorry, that was very long and ranty, but <laughs> no. I, but I mean, it it's beautiful, and it's funny how like certain things trigger us in our lives, where we're like, I want nothing to do mm. with this because it reminds me subconsciously of this tumultuous kind of terrible time, and I want nothing to do with it. But that was the thing that brought you joy before, and so uh, you know, it took you a couple years. But you found anime again. And that makes me so happy to hear because I remember when we first met, like, I think we t- you were encouraging me, like, you better yeah. watch anime. Like, watch this, this, I this, know. and that. And, um, and yeah, I haven't even thought about it that you haven't been watching. Me either. And um, I was on a podcast this last week, uh, Las Musas, and we were talking about using media as inspiration. And like, one of the things we were talking about is like going beyond just like the books that you feel like you have to read or the shows you have to feel like you have to watch uh, for your craft kind of a stuff, but just like exploring whatever makes you feel something and whatever fills the well. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that could be anything that could be love is blind. That could be animate, like go beyond your, you know, for me, like young adult fantasy and finding those other things that just like make you go like, ah, that's what I want to write. And obviously you're not writing anime, but you're taking and pulling from the balance of that darkness with light and quirky. And yes, that is, that is Melanie Schubert to a T. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I don't know why you're going to make me cry, but exactly that. Like it literally was like shock to me. Like what you're saying, like, yeah, a couple of years ago, it was at that point. And then I found K-drama. So K-drama has been filling that hole as well. But like yes. to completely almost, I think I've watched one anime movie since Pitch Wars, which is like three years ago almost now that we were doing that, you know, like it's been at least two years since I properly binged like I used to, you know. And so, yeah, that was my little emotional, disco- little raw emotional discovery <laughs> that I was just like, Sometimes, you know, you move on from something and there's a reason from it, but other times you need to get back to like, yeah, like you said, for me, it is that balance. It's that heart. It's, it's like, yeah, just special notes that anime has that like yeah. inspire me so deeply and move me as like a human. You know? <laughs> but yes, yeah. how have you been going with Good. your work? I know you're flying with your word count. Damn girl. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like I'll fly and then I'll get distracted with like life or whatever else. So I'm not like going 
I mean, I'm going fast. <laughs> Let's yeah. not get that twisted. Um, but I, like, I, I can go. I'm realizing, like, if yeah. I know where I need to go, like, what the scene, like, what scene I'm trying to get to, I can go fast. I feel like because I can just jam out. Like, okay, I know where I'm going here. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been like, what I think has been happening is as I'm writing, I'm learning and realizing what like what other plot points or things that I, I want in the story mm. that I didn't really realize um, or like little twists that I think will be fun. So it's been, it's, I, I'm really actually am exploring, like I'm just pantsing, but, yeah. but within my means, I know where I want to go, but I'm pantsing like per chapter. And um, so it's been, it's fun. I'm just having fun with it. And I just want to keep reminding you and me like to just have fun with it um, and like write the books that we want to write because, you know, I thought I wanted to be this like serious, like, like we're going hard mm -hmm. into these stories writer and, and Sinner's Isle at first was so much darker mm. um, but as like I, as I joined up with Joy Revolution and we kind of like, like chiseled away at the darkness you know it's still there obviously yeah. but we we really chiseled away and found the balance um because that was like Bria's and I think um you know like Nicola and David Ewan's like that was their main thing was like mm. finding the joy amongst the darkness and like finding a way to blend it where it's not so heavy on one thing mm. um and it really like has changed a lot in the way that I want to write and um so I'm, I'm excited to see how, how this goes. I, I, this is, this will possibly be my third book. I'll have to obviously like go on sub with it or try and pitch it to Joy Revolution eventually when it's done, which will be weird, like an interesting experience because yeah. <laughs> they might say no. Um, but like, it's interesting to write a third book after writing like two yeah. and I'm still waiting to hear what they think of my monster book so mm. I'm in an interesting like limbo but I still feel really happy with it because I'm writing what I really like yeah so it's kind of like if it if this third one doesn't get picked up I'm fine because I'm still writing something that brings me joy and mm. excite excites me and it could go any it can go somewhere else you know it's one of yeah. those things where I'm just happy writing at the moment yeah so you're giving me chills all over my body. It, that's it right there. And when I had this whole realization this week, it like it goes further to like career-wise. If you're not writing yeah. what makes you happy, number one, say I wrote some like poignant, dark, gritty novel and I sold that one. I've automatically set myself up for misery because it didn't come from a place that brought me joy. And I may not be able to replicate that because I'm, I'm not saying I'll never write stuff like that because there's some dark, gritty things in there too. But I just agree with that yes. ethos of like having it there, but like joy being the brand, you know, like joy revolution. Yeah. That's probably where they <laughs> came up with it, right? Like, and it makes sense <laughs> for me. Like that is that balance. And it's probably why I bring up anime because it has that, it has that like, and K-drama does it so well too. They will go there. They will rip your soul out 
But then like the next moment we're like laughing about farts or something. Or yes. like she burnt the rice on the stove, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but but and that's how life is for, you know, I mean, for yeah. so many of us, right? It's yeah. it's laughing at the darkest moment of your life because that's like the only thing you can do. Yeah at that moment. And, you know, and I find that so like relatable in Mm. so many ways. Um, but yeah, I think we're on the right track. And I feel like for, for you in particular, like I can see all of your stories somehow meeting each other, you know, like all of your characters at the coffee shop (laughs) in this, in this like magical, quirky Australian world, um, and so, you know, I think, I think we've found Melanie's brand right here. That makes me so fucking happy to hear. I can't tell you because in my head, they are all in the same world that I write in a world that's basically like ours, but there's all these unseen magic things like behind the veil of, you know, the in-between it. places. So you made my fucking year with that comment. <laughs> this is just what I was <laughs> striving to do all along. <laughs> you've done it and you've done it well <laughs> yes but let's just keep bringing that joy and like I'm so like that in itself is worth all the tears is worth all the grinding we've done because like I think now that we've found that like what brings us joy to write about like there's hard times but like at the end of the day it's still like no I want to write because it yeah. brings me joy because it's the soul of you've found the soul of what you're writing, you know, and that's what I like to watch. So why wouldn't I write like that? You know, Cause as soon as I watch something that's too gritty, I'm like, Oh no, one episode. end. I, like, I think you're the same as me. If it's like too dark, yes. like, that's not what I thought it was. And I turn it off because I just, yes. I understand my brain is a sensitive little soft, squishy thing. And what I feed it matters you know it's true we're sensitive little bitches it's yeah the, it's a fact <laughs> we're sensitive yeah. and I'm, sensitive. and we're warriors as well like I'm not gonna it's that whole thing of like don't let people tell you your sensitivity is weakness because I think it's my strength what most mm. of the time it can also be like very destructive sometimes but it's also <laughs> my greatest strength which tends to be the case right your greatest strength is usually your greatest weakness in some way wow. oh yeah that was good. Well, <laughs> Melanie, I uh, let's speaking of like um, magical, sensitive people. Yes. <laughs> let's introduce our uh, guest that's coming on. Yeah. Uh, I first met Camry on TikTok, and she's mm. absolutely hilarious. Like she, if anything, I want to do, it's because I watch her, and I'm like, damn, she is funny. So she is my goal in life. Wow. Um, no, she's hilarious. So funny. So yeah, let's bring Camry on. But first, let's read her bio. Yes. You can do it today. Okay. <laughs> I'm crying. Here we go. Raised by a welder and a Jack Mormon in the small town of Wallsburg, Camry Kohler worked her way up to the grid city, Salt Lake. Camry earned her bachelor's degree in English from the University of Utah before completing her master's of library and information science at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Camry is an archivist at PBS Utah and spends her free time with her partner, her dogs, and her tomatoes. 
She is a mess of <laughs> I know. She is I a mess. That. I do too. She's a mess of unresolved issues, which are primary inspiration for her writing. She's a kindred spirit there. Yes. Her debut novel, Peachy, is under contract with Lake County Press, as our upcoming sequels, Paired and Buried, uh, will be released for 18-2023. Not numbers. Fucking <laughs> 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 numbers. <laughs> that was unfair. I'm reading it. I'm reading it as is. Okay. Um, (laughs) i love you (laughs) peachy's gonna be released on april 18th 2023 people please get it now uh camry's most recent standalone horror novel reap what you sow is represented by helen lane at the booker albert literary agency and is on submission she is currently working on a ghost ship whodunit Mm -hmm. and reclaiming werewolves for the horror genre yes camry go uh sorry camry when you listen to this i completely butchered your bio but just know in my heart and soul you are top gun (laughs) sorry (laughs) i just watched top gun a little bit ago she is my maverick i will be her or whatever so I'm, th- I'm thinking she's gonna head on over i think she will while well, we wait for her oh my gosh the weirdest thing happened to me yesterday i forgot to tell you i had it here but we were so chatty oh yeah this book okay i got a, a parcel in the mail i was like oh i'm waiting for like a few things i was hoping it was umpado's book which i think i in my adhd forgot to pre-order i'm sure i did anyway it's coming <laughs> i was hoping it was that I open it and it's like birthday wrapping. And I was like, hang on. And I looked again. I was like, oh, it's not from where I ordered that. Anyway, I open it and it's this book from like a bookshop, Australian bookshop. It says happy birthday author. Oh, wow. No, but this is, I don't know how they have my address. I don't know why they sent it to me. Like, cause I moved recently. If it's anything to do with my old book, that's years ago. Is that a different address? So I'm kind of spooked by it. If if somebody out there listening sent it, thank you. I don't know how you have my address. (laughs) And why you would address it as author. (laughs) Yeah. So weird. Um, That is... That is very weird. Yeah. Anyway, I wonder. On that mysterious note, if you know who sent this, let us know. Let's let in Camry. All right. <laughs> That's just the bizarrest thing. That is. I know. I know. Hello. There she is. Hi guys. I made it. Camry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. It was it was me. It was no. me. I'm gonna I wanted to blame Melanie, but really <laughs> it was me and my poor internet connection. Uh, no worries at all this is just a part of life now i'm just saying yeah i'm just chilling i can wait a couple minutes yeah (laughs) well thank you i appreciate that well welcome to the show um we've already introduced you uh earlier and i want to also apologize for that i did a terrible job of reading your bio i don't believe you no i (laughs) apparently can i can i cannot read words so, but you can write uh, words. I can write. I can't read. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a real thing, though. Like, 
The number of times I feel like because I'm a writer, friends love to poke fun at how often I like fuck up the pronunciation of a word. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. and it hurts all the more because they always follow up with that. Like, Don't yeah. you read a lot of books? Don't you write a lot of books? Why did you use the wrong form of there in your text message? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> keep you on your toes. Like yeah. to keep you on your toes. Make you feel well, good about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should congratulate yourself. You caught that grammar mistake. Well this done. This was a test. And you passed. <laughs> well, it's so nice to meet you. Angela has been raving about you. And I'm so excited to meet the legendary Camry and have you on the no. show. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I told Melanie how hilarious you are. And like, I mean, there the videos you do have me like rolling with, I mean, just how creative you are. So (sighs) I, I can only imagine what your book, what your many books will be like. I cannot freaking nice. I've been hearing that a lot. A lot of people are like so supportive uh, like the TikTok followers are so wonderful to me and they're so nice. And that only makes me more nervous. Like I'm like, they're going to read it. They're going to think it's stupid. It's not funny. <laughs> they're going to unfollow me on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so nice. I cannot handle the compliments. I'm getting like so nervous every time someone says anything nice. I'm like, you're going to regret that in 24 hours. <laughs> Just hold on to it. Okay, <laughs> fine. We won't say anything nice to you for the rest of the show. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, that works for me actually. Yeah, that works. I think that'll I, be I, Yeah, I'm like so like shaky and nervous every time I get a compliment. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's so oh, man, cute. I love it. I love those, you know, I think we're all wired that way, but those sweaty rider nerves, they keep us humble though, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of that yeah. stage. I really, really don't. As I was looking through all the, like, um, what I was going to say, like the things that, um, my topics for today, I'm like, all of them were just, I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. (laughs) Well, don't worry. You're in good company. I am like a very anxious person. (laughs) And I think a lot of us are. Yeah. 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 So you're in good company. All (laughs) nerves are welcome. If you need to take a moment to have a breath or like meditate or whatever, be free. It's a relaxed podcast and yeah, you're welcome. When I start rambling. Space. I might ask me like, you know what? I've said no clear sentences in the last couple of minutes. I'm going to just take a second. <laughs> we are here for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited to meet you guys. This is so yes. nice. Okay. I know. No, we are pumped. Now let's get right into it. Okay. Tell, tell us everything about your life. Hmm. where were you born no I'm just kidding just tell us a little bit about yourself did you always want to be a writer um I did but uh I always thought that was not a real thing that you could actually be especially when you tell people who have the best of intentions and love for you that you want to be a writer they're just like but what's your (laughs) what's your actual plan like you can write on the side but you need to have like a plan for making money and living so I got my undergrad in English lit but I got my graduate degree in library science and I am an archivist. So I was like trying to be around books as much as I could. And I started writing it in 2017, but never thought I would publish it. And then COVID hits, you feel so terrible that you're not productive enough 
and you write a book, you finish the book. But um, I, uh, so yeah, I'm an archivist for PBS, <clears throat> the Utah station specifically. And I've been married for eight years. I've been with my partner since I was 18. We have two little pups and um, we've always lived in Utah. And one of the reasons that I wrote it was because every book I've ever read that takes place in Utah, and this could just be my own ignorance of Utah literature, but it's about nature. It's about the LDS church, or it's some sort of historical story about like a, a 12 year old girl who needs to find her pioneer mom or something like that. So this, I wanted it to be kind of just <laughs> well, I reflecting on my experience of Utah, make it weird, make it gross, make it funny. And peachy was born, but, um, that's pretty much it. I have a, I have a little garden and uh, my favorite color is orange and, uh, I can ride a unicycle as well. So your favorite color is orange no, orange is the best color yes i know that's the most startling fact about me but it is <laughs> it's a good wait, okay i know where wait where did where did the unicycle come into play in your life like how um, did this happen i was on my high school drill team and we rode unicycles in the parade we like joined <laughs> arms and made formations on our unicycle wow so had to pick up the skill if you wanted to be on the team Not wow sure. <laughs> and i can also amazing. do a nice drill down i got second place in my statewide competition but i don't like to brag too much so i just dropped the, the <laughs> <laughs> just slide the unicycle in and then we'll just... yeah. <laughs> that is that is amazing did, did any of that like play into your writing like into peachy at all the locations are very inspired. Like, um, so it takes place in this town called Aspen Ridge, which is a small town, but I grew up in a town called Wallsburg. That's about population. It's like 300 now, but when I was there, it was like 240 something and very, very tiny. Everyone was related to everyone. Um, just, and it was very, very dry parched farmland. And I went to high school 20 miles away in a town called Heber. That was a little bit bigger. We had like a grocery store. Now they're enormous. They have their own Walmart and they think they're too good for everybody. But back <laughs> in the day, it was smaller. And so I kind of mixed those two towns together to make this small town of Aspen Ridge. But um, even in the book, they drive to Salt Lake City a couple of times and there's like some scenery that's familiar, some restaurants that inspired some spots, but definitely, definitely the locations took took some big precedence and because it was my first book I think um, I put a lot of myself into the, my characters which I think everybody does and I don't think it's too much of a problem as long as you give them flaws unlike a couple <laughs> Stephanie Meyer type situation so <laughs> I actually I, I think I gave a little bit of me and all of them but they are incredibly messy they make terrible choices and hopefully I'm not that bad, but I try, I try to a little bit of my hobbies, a little bit of my interests are in there as well. Mm. I have, I'm very excited about that all. I have to say, I have like a fascination for like documentaries set in small town American <laughs> states and stuff. Yeah. So I'm very, does, um, does that, I know in your bio, you, I don't really know what's a Jack Mormon. Can oh, you tell us a bit about yes. that? I just noticed um, that in so your bio. My family has very strong Mormon stock on my mom's side of the family, um, but she is a Mormon in, as far as the religion goes, but she doesn't necessarily practice oh. all of their really strict laws. She loves to drink. She loves to have a good time, uh, things like that. Um, but she still uh, is like of the faith, but she doesn't follow their yeah. rules. <laughs> and there's a lot of those in Utah and they're called Jack Mormons generally. There's actually a whole coffee 
brand called Jack Mormon Coffee that is really yes because you're not supposed to drink coffee either so it's we have a lot of yeah. fun jokes like that there's like all sorts of like polygamy porter beer and we we just like to have fun <laughs> with our history here i love that i love yeah. that i did not know that yeah. <laughs> it's oh. good too it's a good beer and we have oh, like Brigham young's it's like not your father's root beer that's an alcoholic root beer and uh it, it, it's always a good time i think the church is good sport sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah does that feature in your book at all? That side I didn't put the church in it at all, just because mm. that's even like our TV shows. It's so hyper fixated on the fact that the LDS church is here when anything takes place in Utah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen Desperate Housewives, not Desperate Housewives, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's a new one, but it's very much focused on women who are still in the church or have recently left the church. And I'm like, we just cannot separate. So I really wanted yeah. to write a piece of fiction that just bypass the whole thing it's not in there yes yeah that's great honestly no I mean I I mm. mean I'm from California and when I think of Utah mm. yeah I mean that's all you think of is that's our thing <laughs> or um or sister wives which right. is not technically a part of the church but they're their own it's thing so it's it's, it's yeah, adjacent it's all, <laughs> yeah it's all kind of something that we get asked about when we travel yeah and I'm not, sure you do. But I live in Salt Lake, which is a, a very liberal, tiny space in a giant red state. Yeah. But so I love Salt Lake. But whenever, like, I went to Vegas recently, and like while I was in the elevator, a man was like, "How can like you be here if you're from Utah? Aren't you a Mormon?" And I was like, "I'm clearly so drunk. Why are you even asking me this?" <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> It's so understandable. Oh You're like, we're here too. There's other things here. Yes. There are people. And so I just really wanted to be like, Utah has like national parks and great wilderness. And we have wonderful beer and breweries and great people. And it's, I'm sure there's great people in the church as well. My grandma is one of them, but I really wanted to mm. show a new side of things, yeah. fictional or I, otherwise. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, here for it. Yeah. Well, can you tell us tell us about peachy like what yeah. is peachy uh, the dreaded about? the dreaded question so yes. um it is yes it's in a fictional utah town but it is focuses on my main character frankie who is a 23 year old mess and a half and uh her mother recently passed so she lives with her grandma who she absolutely hates and with for good reason they hate each other and uh one day she walks to her shift at the local grocery store she tries to pound a six pack of beer afterwards throws up from drinking too quickly, walks in the house because she's trying to hide it from her grandma and her grandma is dead. So she is kind of reeling from losing another family member so quickly. She's relieved about it, but it's something's very off with the whole situation. Her best friend, Ben Bowen, dreamy, gorgeous Ben Bowen, asks her to come stay with him for a couple of days while they figure things out. And she has learned that it is a supernatural cause of death that led to her grandmother deceasement if I may be a writer for a moment and um, <laughs> um she learns that Ben is actually a witch he is a seer she learns that she is a witch but never knew about it because she hates touching people and her magic requires the touch of other people and it was a vampire witch because all of magical beings in this book are actually just versions of witches with a certain brand of magic so like a vampire witch would drain all the life of the person that they touch and it was a vampire that killed a grandma and now she's after Frankie but it's not um, to kill her it's for well some else so 
they kind of are forced into this ragtag group and a new enemy comes into town that they all have to face but it there's um there's demons there's reanimated corpses there's fires there's um rituals and I, it's, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of good fun but um i'm hoping also that a lot of the characters kind of shine through even with the plot that i love i really love all these characters so much i think they're really really special and i think about them 24 hours a day um when i'm running on the treadmill i think about them and i'm listening to music i'm thinking about them so they are just constantly on my mind and i'm in love with every single one of them so i'm really i hope people like them even just so just a little bit if they're just like these are pretty good then i would go home crying like that's all i want <laughs> they sound amazing and the like the plot the chaos the witches I, I cannot freaking wait. I mean, I know we're recording on, what is today's date? I don't remember. The 17th. It is the 17th. So you the book comes out tomorrow, officially? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh, I need to get some new fan art. I'm so excited. I'm going to commission some more. I already have you like little this. postcards all over the place. But um, I just finished the sequel and it is now on copy editing with my publisher and that one um, I had a really, really hard time with because I fell in love with everyone in the first one. And I feel like in the second one, you kind of kind of destroy them. If you're going to bring them back up for the third one, as I'm sure, you know, like the second one, you got to you got to get into some things. But um, it's making me all the more excited because I love the sequel, I think, almost even more than I love the first one. But wow. amazing. Yes. Wow. How do you feel? I mean, knowing that she's out in the world peachy is she's out i am i'm so excited i'm so excited to see him i'm my friend and i are going around to like all the barnes nobles in the state so we can look at them so we can sign them but um and they're in a few indie shops and i know i'm just gonna sob and it's gonna be the best moment of my life but i've never been more terrified of anything ever because i still every now and then like look at my goodridge reviews and every time i get one that's like not five stars I panic. I think no one's going to like it. <laughs> and this is the end of my writing career before it even begins. So as excited as I am, I really think that this is probably the most anxious I've ever been. Mm. And I'm a very anxious gal. So that is saying some stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's understandable. It's like everything you've been working towards, like comes to a point, you know, and it's just like, yes. But you got to lean into the joy as well. And I'm convinced that bad reviews are necessary because I'm always sus on books that only have good reviews. I'm like, they only got that. That is true. Once you start getting bad reviews, you know you've got broad reach. Because That is very true. Yeah. And and I I feel like you can tell. You can tell when you read a bad review because actually reading bad reviews on Goodreads is my guilty pleasure, like just of random books. Yes. <laughs> and, and I like, of, show me all the one stars. Yeah, I click <laughs> straight on one stars and I re- I've got a list I was going to read Angela earlier of like I was trying to find the best bad ones for uh, like I think I looked up 50 shades of gray so it was not hard. Ooh, <laughs> but I'm like fun. 300 like thousand people gave it five stars. I'm like okay but like yeah. something is wrong and then reading the one star reviews is just so satisfying. But even with books I love I'll often I don't even think I read good reviews with books. I love, I'll always be curious. What did they say? What was the one star review? Cause it kind of makes you feel like, you know, powerful in your own writing because you're like that book that I thought is flawless. Somebody just wrote utter bile. 
You are so right. And I don't even, I don't even click on the five-star reviews. I just always see like, okay, this book has like 14,000 reviews. So they've already made enough of an impact. I don't even care what the rating is, but the reviews are more important than anything. It's just like the fact that it's not even released yet, but you know, you have a couple dozen reviews and you like your rating goes down even just a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. But then I like, I'm just, I know I'm not supposed to read them. Yeah. I know that. I'm just, it's easier, it's easier said than done. I think yes. every writer is, I think like, especially their first book, mm, like just yeah. feels that like need, like, well, mm. maybe I'll just take a little peek. It's not going to bother me. And yes. then you peek and it bothers you. So it's <laughs> That's like, exactly what I said. <laughs> I'm like, you got, you have to have these reviews. Just look for a second. Just know you have to skin. You're going to be fine. And I read it. I'm like, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Which annoying. I should also just say thank you because yes, I have seen some very, very mean things. Yeah. And I will take annoying 10 times and be like, thank you very much. I just, I need to, I need to uh, just like be Zen. Yeah. It's already up yes. There and there's nothing. E- I do. know. Yeah. Yeah. So I when know, you're feeling when you're feeling bad about the a bad review, just go look at your favorite books, worst reviews, and you're gonna feel so much better. You'll feel better within a couple, and you're just like, some people thought this was trash. My bad review is like it's a yes. badge of honor. <laughs> yes, you are you are very right. That makes me feel great, actually. And I was I was thinking like the hardest part of writing a book and like getting it out there. I always used to think the hardest part was like querying. And now that I have a book on submission, I almost want to say submission is even harder, <laughs> but it's neither of those things. It turns out it's just waiting for people <laughs> to read it and being afraid that they're going to hate it. That's the hardest part for me so far is I still being, cause I get people commenting it's on its way. I'm so excited. And I'm like, Oh no, another one, like another person's going to read it. <laughs> so basically it's all hard. Being it's a writer. Bad. It's all hard, <laughs> but we do it anyway. It's we the most rewarding through. and the hardest thing ever, ever. And now every person I've ever like totally harped on, not only just authors, but like actors and movie producers, I'm like, oh, well, I bet they tried their best. It's so true though. It is so yeah. true. <laughs> like I will never, ever give a bad review on a book. Yeah. Again, yeah. ever. I if I didn't like it, I just pretend I didn't ever. Same it doesn't exist. Exactly the same. And I'm always like, you know what? I can find at least one good thing about it. Like I'm like, cover is beautiful. Three yeah. stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. But one uh, thing, honestly, that I want to say was like Clarabelle Ortega said, and and it like it sticks with me, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she said it. But um, is like the thought of when you watch a show or a movie, you're not thinking of like, whoever wrote this, I'm going to leave them a bad review. They suck. You're just thinking, okay, this property, this, this thing isn't good, you know? Yeah. And so like, as an author, it's like this reminder of once you put your stuff out in the world, it's no longer about you. Yes. It's about the work. And um. And you hope yeah. it's not personal when somebody leaves a bad review. But I mean, I think we all know that there are people that love 
yes. chaos and to like hurt people's feelings. Yeah. Um, and those people can, you know, kick rocks. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Tell you. Yeah. Hundred. I was just gonna say, like, I think that's the other thing. It's important to remember the trolls. Like, there are literally people who sit out there with the sole purpose of like it gives them joy to write something wretched on the review to like try bring you down a few pegs and like. I don't particularly care for those people's opinions on anything because they're so like, you know, empty and hollow inside or whatever. If that's what they want their like life legacy to be, hey, like I couldn't give shits what they think about anything I'm doing. (laughs) You are the most right. I think you are both very wise. And I am going to honestly try my best to remember all of that. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm just going to, I'm going to have a mantra tonight. I've been like, having stress streams all week and we're just gonna we're gonna be zen and we're gonna say thank you to every bad review yeah that's one more review we didn't have and if anything it cancels out all the reviews that like my sister wrote for me (laughs) that i also (laughs) don't count as real reviews (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) it's gonna be like dummy accounts she's got dummy accounts different names (laughs) i noticed that on mine too yeah (laughs) i noticed that on on mine like i was like Okay, I know that's my mom. Like, I know <laughs> for a fact. It's she like spelled, no, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she, It wasn't even about the book. It was just like, Angela is so beautiful. She's so smart. <laughs> like, okay, okay, Debbie. Her kindergarten I know teachers were wrong about her. <laughs> yep, it's true. Okay, so what we discussed the hardest part. What has been the best part for you so far? Um, I honestly think the best part, because as rewarding, as wonderful as everything has been so far, including the times when people are telling me they loved it, I think the best part is going to be when I see it on shelves in real life, not because I asked them to hold it, which there will be a couple of those, I'm so grateful, but just to see it there on its own standing, on its own merit, next to other authors, um, yeah, even just at this local shop, which again, this was a consignment deal, but still just knowing my book now will be next to like T. Kingfisher and Stephen King, and it's right below Silvia Moreno-Garcia. And I'm just like, these guys are real authors and I'm a real author now too. Like I'm not, and so it's just like seeing it out in the world existing. Um, yeah, just on its own merits. It's just insane to me that it's real now because you said you people have arcs, but I don't have anything to do with that. I don't see them there anymore. And I don't see them holding my book unless it's virtual. So just like being able to hold it, being able to buy it, which I'm sure I'm going to buy like two more. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Cause I can't stop buying it. Yeah. But I'm going to go into and just signing them and knowing people are going to see my signature and be excited that I signed it. Me like this stupid, <laughs> weird Utah archivist lady. And they're gonna, be, they're gonna be thrilled that my stupid signature is in it. And I like can't handle that fact. <laughs> they're gonna be so thrilled. They're gonna be like, wait a minute, this is the Henry Cole. Actually, that's so I wanted fun fact. I wanted to sign them all. Like, thanks for buying it, but then like hags, Camry, because. <laughs> Um, and I thought it was gonna be really funny, like your book, have a great summer. But then I learned um, a lot of people have no idea what that means, especially people outside of the U.S. And they would just think that I'm calling them a hack and then close the book. I have no clue. Yes. I'm I'm yes. sitting here laughing, but I do not know what it means. I must confess. Yeah, my agent is British, and when I wrote that, she was like, "I don't understand." Um, 
is this like a funny, like I insult you, you insult me back type of situation? <laughs> she writes back, thanks, bitch. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. <laughs> I hate you almost as much as I hate your mom, sign. <laughs> but oh so now I'm not gosh. gonna do it. <laughs> but I might do I don't you know. should I'm totally worried. do some because the thing is if you love the author I don't care if they drew a picture of a doodle on it like it would be even more like actually I would cherish it more if they drew a dick on it I'd be like Arthur <laughs> drew me a penis this I'm doing that for all my pals yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like so... slightly pornographic sketch for all of you if you buy more than one copy yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> you heard it here listeners google it it says have a great summer or hide and go seek which is also kind of fun so i might just do it anyway just do it 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 will be your brand and people can work it out oh they can come and find this episode and learn the true meaning yes (laughs) i'll put that as a note be like go find this episode if you want to know what this means sign (laughs) (laughs) yeah just a short little note just a short little thing just fill out the whole page with notes and information Well, I wanted to ask kind of about uh, Lake County Press. How was how was your experience? But did you have an agent before you sold your book? How did this work? How did Peachy come to be? Um, I had been querying for a while, um, but I uh, this was yeah the first book, and I had no experience writing or querying before I queried it, and now later having queried three. I uh, realized like my query package was absolute garbage. So I am not surprised. I got as many rejections as I did. My query was like nonsensical. My synopsis was crazy long. And um, I didn't know like when you were sending five pages, unless you said the first five pages, I was sending like random ones that I really like. I was just making so many mistakes and, <laughs> I, and I was confused as to why nobody liked it. And uh, luckily, uh, Lake Country Press liked a Twitter pitch contest pitch of mine for pit dark and that's how I got my contract and they offered me a contract for all three books so it was like a signed done deal and then but Lake Country Press um they're small but they are so fantastic they'll do pretty much whatever it takes to make you happy as an author but they're getting pretty big now they have tons of authors their release dates are getting farther and farther back so I think they're even going to be hiring on some more people but um because they almost like Peachy is a horror fantasy, but it has a very strong romance subplot. And they either prefer romance or to have a strong romance subplot. And after I wrote that, I only write horror. And there are romantic moments in it, but I would never, ever claim, especially in these books, it is not okay what's happening. They're just, they're bad people doing bad things. And there might be like some kisses here, some hugs there, but I don't do romance anymore. And so I, that's why I went out and cleared an agent and she loved the twisted slasher stories that I wrote. And that's why I am so in love with my agent now because she just gets it. She, she thinks the darker, the better. And we are now on submission with that, but Lake country press has been just such a good champion for this book in particular. And, uh, I think they're going to, they're going to do fantastic, but they, they are, romance inclined and that's why we kind of had to be like this is this is the trilogy and then I will be going to other publishers after this mm. yeah. interesting it sounds like a perfect compromise honestly it's like you got you guys got what you needed and then you realized okay I, I prefer to slash and slay yes it's very um and like 
having written like this was supposed to just be a fantasy with romance subplot but then all this nasty stuff kept creeping in there and these bad demon monster things and um i just couldn't stop it and so now with the second one i really thought i was i was on the straight and narrow and then my publisher read it and she's like we need like two pages of trigger warnings and i was like ah, oh, but like i didn't get the same response <laughs> with like my horror book because <laughs> people are just waiting for those horrible things to happen but yeah. um and this we are going to have trigger warnings just out to the kazoo. They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know much about like, I was thinking that the other day, like when do you need trigger warnings? Like is, they must have like a line of like, it's heading that way or it's right over the line. <laughs> yeah. Well, like in my horror one, I think the ones we were mostly going for was like graphic violence, mm. cannibalism, um infidelity <laughs> which makes sense to me but then yeah. like in this one we have like I think just because we're trying to cover all of our bases and a lot of people don't really know mm. um because peachy is kind of a it rides the line of a lot of things mm. so we have things going as far back as like gambling references to drug use actual drug use refer- like references to tobacco use tobacco use like we have all of it in there just in case but with uh yeah with the slashers we just put like a couple <laughs> we're like this this is very bloody bad book. Gotcha. <laughs> and yeah, this is very funny. Yeah. So when it's bloody labeled as such, people don't they're, they're like expecting so. all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Oh, it's fascinating. I haven't thought about that much. <laughs> I really didn't either. I thought they were mostly um like I would Google when I was querying mm. big trigger warnings, and I only found like seven, but I think paired will have like 20. Yeah. But it goes really, yeah, it gets really into the minutia of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. everyone's ready. Everyone's ready. They all know what that's, they're getting into. That's good. I'm sorry. And I had to turn my made... dedication into a almost a trigger warning. I was like, please, <laughs> readers, just know this one is so painful. I love you. Don't stop reading. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I'm so distracted by your tattoos. So now, like, because I'm a tattoo aficionado, uh, I have to just ask, like, is there, like, a favorite one you can tell us something about? <laughs> not oh. book related i just love Ooh. tattoos I'm, I'm i have here so for many it. actually favorite ones um i have the health and equip bar from the last of us and that's one of my very favorite ones just because cool. that was my very favorite game but um i love my goldfish and i love the goldfish on the back um i have a buffy the vampire slayer right there and I love my little light bulb just because it's cute. Most of these are just because they're cute. They don't really have anything yeah. to do with anything. No, um, I love that. I have, like, my thighs are tattooed because I used to have uh, hyperpopnic hallucinations and uh, non-REM parasomnia, which is where I uh, would not know I'm awake and I would pull, like, images out of my nightmares and see them in my real life and start, like, freaking out. I got sleep therapy. I'm much better now. But I Whoa. did have... And so I have two tattoos on my thighs that say bad dreams. And one is a beetle with a woman's face on the wings. And the other is a four-eyed cat. And those are also some of my favorites right there. Wow. They just look really badass. And I just love when people think I'm a badass. <laughs> That's like, oh, yes. You're walking into a bar, you know, with your Mormon drinks. You yes. are looking tough. And yes. I love it um, and like if I'm having like shorts and a tank top and I have my tattoos and I'm like carrying my helmet into a bar, I like get a lot of attention, especially from men. And then they're like, oh, do you ride a motorcycle? And I'm like, no, I ride a scooter. <laughs> 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 do you want to hop in my basket? <laughs> <laughs> it's hop an actual, 
an actual real pickup line because you would be yes. picking them up. <laughs> um, but as soon as they hear it's a scooter and not a motorcycle, for some reason, they just lose complete interest. <laughs> they don't even know that's somebody's crypto. I'm like, it goes 50 miles an hour. So exactly. look out. Ooh, that's- <laughs> That sounds dangerous. You live on the wild side. Yeah, that's why I wear a helmet. Yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Got yeah. Yeah. I well, love let's that. Let's ask. Thing. I know we have one favorite question that we always like to ask, which is looking back at all you've accomplished, what advice would you give a younger version of yourself before you started this journey? I just wish that I knew it was possible. I wish I, because even when I was, um, like, uh, I would say when I was 12 to 14, I was writing some short stories and poetry like that, but I really just thought it was therapeutic type of situation. I was never going to get out there. I was never going to show anybody because I was so embarrassed. And then even in my undergrad, when I was writing, that was, this, again, a poetry emphasis, but I'm like, this will go as far as the literary magazine. And at very best, I can put it on my CV for later when I have like a real person career because being a writer is not a real person career that is a um, like a movie career that no one actually has and even when I was writing the book itself I still didn't think it was going to get published um it took me probably until I even when I sent my first query I did not think anyone was going to pick it up so if I just told myself like it's not only possible it's going to happen who knows how many books I could have written I probably wouldn't I would have gotten a different master's degree um I just think I would have totally gone a different path and I'm very happy with where I am now but it was only my own doubt that has me here doing this now in my 30s um rather than in my 20s when I could have actually put time in learned how to write a query letter trusted myself And I think this, I could have done it younger if I tried sooner, but maybe I just had to get some more of the 20s trauma in me to get a good book out. I don't know. Maybe it would have been trash if I wrote it when I was 19. (laughs) But I just wish, I just wish I knew. I really, because everything would have been different. Yes. And I think honestly, if I went back in time and told myself, I would, I would not believe me. Like, okay, lion ass. (laughs) Like go back to the future and work at the grocery store. Like Frankie said, like we're done. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. But you're right. Like maybe it's like just like part of the journey we have to take to get where we are. Cause I wonder that sometimes too. Like if I started early or like you grow up and you have some like I actually just didn't even like arts in general, I so pined to be a creative and like I would barnacle onto my creative friends and be like, they're so wonderful. I could only dream like just to have that permission early on, like you are a creative if you feel that you are and if you're creating, that's it. End of. But yeah, I love that. I see our time (laughs) is like evaporated. Um, Just before we run out of time, do you have a, we love to ask as well, do you have a favorite quote that you kind of like say to yourself or, or from your book even? I don't have, actually, I don't know if I have a favorite quote from my book Um, because whenever I read them later, I don't like them as much. Like I hyper fixate on them um, unless I catch them in the moment. But my favorite quote is actually not from my book. It's from um, a children's Bible written by Linda Malay, but I just kind of use it as inspiration in all the books that I'm writing, which is uh, because I have a lot of violence that tends to happen. And uh, they say you shouldn't bring a knife to a gunfight, but a knife is better than nothing. So I always have them like just, I love the scrappiness of it. I love the doing all that you can because things are going south 
and you just got to res- like your own pluck will get you out of this. That's my very favorite thing to have in my books. I think. Yes. Love it. I see it. I believe it. I'm here <laughs> for it. Henry, thank you for joining us. You thank are you. This amazing. This is so much fun. I just think we should just do this with cocktails and stuff. <laughs> I would love it. Yes. Yes. We are ready. We're ready okay. anytime. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yes. I cannot wait to read Peachy. I'm scared again. <laughs> All right. It's going to be amazing. And. Yeah.